How's it and Aloha Church family? Good morning and welcome to the launch and the beginning of our brand new series, uh, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. If you remember earlier in the year, uh, for the new year, we started off with 21 days and 21 and 21, 42. So it's like 40 days of prayer. Now, if you're asking, hey, why, uh, why the number 21? How come we're not more biblical like uh, the number 40? For like 40 days of prayer and fasting, you know, like 40 days of uh, days and nights of flood during the days of Noah. Um, Abraham lived in 40 years, right, in Egypt, 40 years in Midian, and 40 years in Exodus. If you look at uh, Jesus fasting for 40 days, if you look at from the time of Jesus' uh, resurrection to his ascension, he stayed on this earth for 40 days. So why 21 days? Well, 21 is important because in Daniel chapter 10, we see that Daniel cries out to God and he prays and he intercedes and he fasts. He abstains from certain kind of meats, certain kind of uh, food, uh, only drinking water and juice. And after 21 days, uh, he has a vision and an angel appears to him and says, hey, I know Daniel, God has heard your prayers and God wants to deliver, he wants to show up and he wants to show out. But these 21 days, uh, I was prevented from coming to you and I was delayed because I was opposed by the Prince of Persia for 21 days. So meaning, man, Gosh, in these 21 days where we're in our second stay-at-home order in the last uh, four, four months, these 21 days, uh, it could be a time of breakthrough for you. Um, it could be a time of victory in the name of Jesus. So these 21 days, we're going to have a time of prayer and fasting. If you go through our website and if you submit to our newsletter, um, we are going to have a daily prayer guide for you, which, which would contain a scripture verse for today. And it would have reflection questions. And lastly, it would have a prayer that you could follow along and pray with us. And after prayer, we're going to encourage you guys to fast. Now, there's uh, about four different types of fast. The first kind of fast is the, the most difficult. It's called a complete fast, which you only drink liquids, uh, typically water with light juices as an option. Second type of fast is a selective fast where uh, it involves removing certain elements from your diet. One would be like the Daniel fast, which we talked about, which you remove meat, sweets, bread, uh, certain from your diet and consume water and juice for fluids and fruits and vegetables for food. There's a third type of fast, which is like a partial fast. Uh, people refer to this as a Jewish fast where you abstain from eating food in the morning and in the afternoon. Now, this can either correlate to specific times of day, such as 6 a.m. or 3 p.m., or from sunup to sundown. And the last type of fast, which is a good entry level for us, is a soul fast. A soul fast is a great option if you don't have much experience fasting, and if you have health issues that prevent you from fasting food, 
but uh, so fast is that if you want to refocus a certain area of your life that is just a little bit off balance, where your heart or your affection is drawn to something else, whether it's social media or television or sports or whatever it could be, it's a time that's kind of um, a little bit out of whack in your life and you want to use that to focus on the Lord. All right, so these next 21 days, I believe and I pray and I contend that this would be a time of breakthrough as we're in the season where, you know, summer is, we're just getting over summer and we're getting back to school and trying to get into the rhythm of things. This is a time where we could just get together and focus and get into the rhythm of in the middle of the year, a little bit past half the year that we pray and we fast. All right, and today we're going to be talking about praying in the Spirit. And we're going to see how the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one standing beside us is to help us here to help us in our weakness. We all need help, don't we? I need help. You need help. But when I'm talking about help, I'm talking about the good kind of help, the genuine, useful uh, helpful kind of help, not the bad kind of help, which is unnecessary or not really useful kind of help. Um, you know, speaking of help, our youngest son, Ezra, whose name actually in Hebrew, Ezra means help or helper um, uh, because it's in his name. You know, he is he likes to help out, help out around the house, which is a bad kind of help. Um, Sometimes he wakes up early, like 5 or 4.30 in the morning, and he just cracks open a dozen eggs, puts it in a bowl, and puts like chocolate chips on it, or puts syrup all over it, and, and puts some flour on it, and, he, and sprinkles, and he wants to help make pancakes for breakfast, which is not much help at all. But you know what's amazing is as he's gotten older, he's actually being a useful kind of help, a good kind of help. Here's a picture of him moving along and uh, during trash days uh, on Saturday, putting the trash can back. And the, look at that rubbish can. It's way bigger than him, but he's helping and being a useful kind of help. Now, um, especially now with this another two weeks of stay-at-home order, we need help. There's areas in our life where we're experiencing weakness that uh, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. So let's go ahead and turn to our text in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us, how? In our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself, God Himself, the third person of the triune, intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit what intercedes for the saints according to the will of God and we all know Romans 8 28 and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You see this very famous passage, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good 
ATWT, which is Lecrae's eighth album name, all things work together for the good. It's grounded in the fact. How do we know that? Because the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. How does the Holy Spirit help us in our weakness? He prays for us. Second time, he says he intercedes for us. When you are running low, when you feel like you're running on fumes and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you feel like you can't go on anymore, the Holy Spirit is bridging the gap. God himself, the third person of the, tri of the Trinity, he is appealing to God the Father because on the basis of the work of God the Son, and they are working all things together for your good. And when you are at your wit's end, the Holy Spirit strengthens us. And here's the main point that I want to get us to this morning. Would you write this down in your notes? Praying in the Spirit is God helping us in our weakness to work all things for good. Let me repeat that for us. Praying in the Spirit. It's not necessarily this, um, you know, supernatural, spiritual, emotional trance, but praying in the Spirit is God Himself helping us in our weakness to work all things for good. We all need help, especially in times of weakness, when we have little to no strength, when we experience financial hardship, when there's physical sickness, there's relational struggle, when our children are wayward and we can't reach their hearts and we're, we're running low and we're just running weak. God helps us in our weakness. 2012, I would have to say, was one of the toughest years that I've, got, I've had to go through. And our whole family, uh, I just transitioned, uh, not even transitioned, but I was doing two uh, full-time jobs. I was a youth pastor, and I was transitioning over to evangelism pastor. And I had to learn a new set of skills, new sets of uh, experience, uh, learn systems and all these different things at the same time. I started my um, grad school at Fuller Seminary. Um, within the first six months of 2012, um, during that time, Renee had, uh, my wife had a miscarriage and we were completely devastated. And we also happened to live, I think I've shared this before, at a, at a house that was converted. There was actually a carport that was converted into a house um, that was rat infested in a little bit over the year and a half that we, that we were there. Our little rat zapper terminated 53 rats. No exaggeration. I counted them. Um, so we're living this rat infested house, had a miscarriage and then, um, you know, Murphy's law, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it gets worse, right? When it rains, it pours. Um, someone broke into our van and stole uh, Renee's engagement ring. And after that, we had our second miscarriage in four months. And because of that, I had to postpone and 
out of my uh, grad school. And Renee is like, I just need to be aware. I just need to spend time with my mom and spend time with family. And I had the kids to myself, just dropped. And, you know, it was during those times of heartache, uh, of loss, of suffering, of weakness, that I pressed into the Lord, that I experienced the pleasure of God, that I acknowledge and I recognize the Holy Spirit Spirit working, giving me strength, that God himself and the Holy Spirit was interceding and he was giving me um, utterings that were, or, or groanings that are too deep for words, that I started uh, praying in the Spirit and strengthening myself. Those times of devotion when I, um, when I would read my Bible and how David strengthened himself in the Lord when I would go on a run and I would listen to worship songs and I, I would walk and have these moments of silence, of, of speaking in tongues to strengthen myself in the Lord. Because there will be moments in your life where you have to strengthen yourself in God. That, you know what, no email or no postcard or no a card over the mail or encouragement from your spouse or your kids would fill you and strengthen you that it has to be you strengthening yourself in the Lord where the Holy Spirit prays and intercedes for you. And I can tell you that it was in those moments of weakness and, and hardship that I felt the pleasure of God. As I strengthened myself in the Lord, I could encourage you this morning. The Holy Spirit is here and He's here. He's standing beside you. He's in you. The living God Himself is in you and He is praying for you. His belie he believes in you. He is interceding for you in your weakness and He's going to work all things for your good, for His glory. So, number one, would you write this down? God, the Holy Spirit, prays for us in our weakness. Write down, He prays for us. Look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our what? Weakness. What is our weakness? He explains it. We, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When does the Holy Spirit help us? He helps us in our weakness. I put down three things regarding when the Holy Spirit helps us. Number one, weakness and sufferings. Look at the context. We read verse 27 and 28, but in verse 18, Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So what is the context? Remember, Cont context plus content equals meaning. What is the context of weakness? The context is what? Suffering. That when you and I are going through suffering right now, if you're going through loneliness, isolated in your home, if you are going through just 
weariness. Maybe you're, you're taking care of elderly parents and you're just like, you see no hope in, in, in healing. Maybe it's, uh, you have a f family member who's sick. Maybe you yourself are suffering uh, physical ailments or physical illness and you're going through suffering, financial loss, whatever it is. In the weakness of your suffering, the Holy Spirit is there and He's praying for you. He's going to God the Father, Lord, give Him strength. He is a son. Lord, may Father let Him know that His identity is in you, that she is a daughter of the King. Lord, that you began a good work and you're faithful to perfect. Strengthen him, Father. Strengthen him. And he bears in us and he gives us the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit does, so that we can call out to him what? Abba, Father, like Dad, that we would know our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. What type of suffering are you going through this season Whatever it is, whether it's loneliness, financial hardship, wayward children, physical illness, whatever suffering you, that you're going through, know that the Holy Spirit, He's in you, He's standing beside you to help you, and He is praying for you. The second area is this area of sickness. And uh, there's two instances where this word um, weakness is used. It's used in Galatians 4.13. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. Stop drinking only water and use only a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. And the Holy Spirit, if you're suffering, if you're going through persecution, if you're sick, maybe you have cancer, or you know someone who has cancer and they're suffering, like the Holy Spirit is there to, to help you pray as you ought to pray. Should you pray for healing or should you pray, Lord, let your will be done. They're suffering so much. Would you take them home? It, the Holy Spirit's there to help you in your suffering. Should you endure in this suffering? It's like, Lord, give me strength. The third area of weakness is this weakness of, I like to call understanding, where we don't know what we ought to do. We're just like at our wit's end, like, well, I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit is there to help you, to strengthen you in your times of illness. So look at James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. In our text, in our verse today, in verse 26, it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. When you don't know what to do, 
when you're in the fork in the road, how many days should I keep my business open? How much longer, um, how much of my staff should I uh, furlough? If you're thinking like, oh, should I just homeschool my kids full time? How, how, you know, should I send my kids to private school? Should I send them to public school through the, you know, distance learning? When you don't know what you ought to do, pray and God, James says, if you lack wisdom, God will give it to you liberally or generously. You know, um, our worship leader uh, who led us in worship this morning, Jennifer, you know, um, before she committed to going to our church, she was attending another church and she loved the church. It was a great church, amazing church, but she felt uh, kind of stirring to help our church plant. And she was praying and praying and praying and seeking God for wisdom. And I believe it was her, her first uh, couple of Sundays where she, she felt like as she was praying uh, that uh, as she attended our church and committed her, herself at New York Community Church where we had communion and without any provocation, uh, as she took communion because she had been praying and seeking God and asking for wisdom and the Holy Spirit interceded with groanings that are too deep for words. Uh, she received her spiritual language that she started speaking in tongues, you know, in the in just the intimacy of communion as she was seeking and praying after God. She just started developing her spiritual tongue to build herself up. You see, if whatever situation you're in, if you're in the fork in the road, if you need wisdom, what should I do? with my kids, what should I do with my family, what should I do with finances, you know, where should I, you know, do you guys know that uh, we've had five families from our church that has moved to the mainland, um, or one more that's planning to move to the mainland during these four months or five months of, of COVID? And if you're lacking wisdom of what to do next, be encouraged, church, that the Holy Spirit is here to strengthen you. And lastly, we'll go ahead and close with this. God, the Holy Spirit, strengthens us in our prayer life with holy groanings. Holy groanings. Let's jump to the later part of verse 26. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God now earlier uh, Paul says that the whole creation it groans outwardly and What I believe the Bible is saying here and what Paul is saying is that when the Holy Spirit prays for us to the Father with and helps us and strengthens us with what? Groanings. 
that when there's this desire for God, when there's hunger and thirst for righteousness, remember the Beatitudes, you shall be satisfied, you shall be filled, that the Holy Spirit begins to give you groanings and utterances that words cannot explain, which I believe refers to uh, speaking in tongues. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it says the one who speaks in a tongue, what? Builds up himself. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit in verse 15, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Uh, this could be another message, but I'll just summarize it here. Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to verse 14, if you look at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 9 verse, and Acts chapter 10, uh, speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift that continues today because the kingdom of God is here now and not fully yet. Now from the Bible, we can see that there's two purposes in speaking in tongues. One is in a public setting. And in the public setting, there's usually an intelligible speaking in tongues, like in Acts chapter uh, 1 verse 8, where it says, um, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And as they were praying and seeking God in the upper room, the Holy Spirit poured down on them and they started to speak in tongues. They started to speak in other languages, which is intelligible and it needed a translation. So in public speaking of tongues, it's usually, it usually has a evangelistic or a mission purpose. The lady who mentored my mom, her name is um, Evelyn Thompson. Evelyn Thompson in, uh, in Davao City in, in Philippines, there's a Thompson Christian School. But she was a missionary from um, Los Angeles to, Amer uh, to Philippines. And, you know, while she was in the Philippines, she was captured by, um, like, uh, native headhunters, like Igorot, like, and they captured her, and uh, as they uh, as they ha had her under arrest practically, and they were going to give her to the head of the uh, the chief of the tribe, uh, she didn't know what to do, so she started speaking in tongues, and she was able to speak the dialect of the tribesmen, and they were able to understand and hear about Jesus, and the whole village got saved. So there's that, that sense of intelligible, um, missional, evangelistic purpose publicly that's speaking in tongues. But there's a second um, purpose or instance of speaking in tongues, and that is for personal, private use to build yourself up. There are going to be moments when you are so desperate for God that you are so seeking not the hand of God. You're seeking the face of God. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they shall what? See God. That you, in your pursuit of God, 
the Holy Spirit himself will intercede and he will give you groanings and utterings that are too deep for words and you begin to speak in your uh, heavenly language and it's between you and God and God strengthens you. You know, 1 Corinthians 14 says, earnestly desire spiritually, spiritual gifts. I think when we think of spiritual gifts, uh, I don't want any of that. Oh, I don't want none of that fanaticism. Oh, that's you know, the spiritual gifts of Caesar. We don't want any of that weird stuff. But Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. The word earnestly desire, the way that it's used in the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's found in the Ten Commandments. Earnestly desire, it could be translated as covet. You know, thou shall not covet. You know, your neighbor's wife. Paul is saying there's a, se there's a sense that we need you as a people of God because the kingdom of God is here now. And as you are going through your weakness and you don't know what to do, when you're at your wit's end that you're desperate for God, where you're willing to forsake food, you're willing to forsake entertainment, forsake worldly pleasure in order to pursue God, where God in the Holy Spirit intercedes for you and you're going to develop this spiritual language to build yourself up. Pray in my, I speak in tongues in my personal life every day. Like I build myself up like you know, because I don't know what to pray for, like what I ought to pray. Have you ever had that problem? Like, Lord, how should I pray for the situation? What is your will, God? And if you don't know what to pray, like what you ought to, the Holy Spirit would intercede and he will give you utterings and, and groanings that are too deep for words and you build yourself up. We have a, we've experienced where... Um, Renee and I were prayed over someone and they were just heartbroken over their child. And, and as we were praying, um, they started practicing again um, and started utilizing their spiritual gifts. You guys, prayer, I'll close with this. Prayer um, is a spiritual enterprise Ephesians 6 says that there is a spiritual warfare happening and you cannot battle spiritual warfare with physical weapons. You have to, buy, you have to fight it with spiritual weapon and that is through prayer. That is strengthening yourself in the Lord. Maybe these next 21 days, maybe God is desiring, maybe you're desiring this gift of strengthening yourself in the Lord and having a spiritual language. Whatever it is this morning, would you come before the Lord that God, the Holy, God, the Holy Spirit prays for your behalf, that God, the Father hears your prayers, and God the Son, because of the work that He accomplished on the cross, we have access to God in prayer. The reality of the Trinity working
all things for your good, but for his glory. If God is for us, who can be against us? So whatever was going to happen in the season, God is going to work things for his good. Amen. Let me go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. And we do ask, oh, Lord God, that we would have this time of transformation that, Lord, these next 21 days, there would be this victory, Lord, that James says that if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. So this morning, I pray that as we seek Your face, not just Your hand, but Lord, we seek You, Lord. Not, we seek the giver, not the gifts, that as we fast, as we abstain, Lord, in order to feast in your presence, I pray, Father, that we would know you and that we would love you like we've never loved you before. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen your people, that in our weakness, your grace will be made perfect. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys. Well, we love you. Don't forget, uh, starting tomorrow, uh, we have our prayer guide on our website. You could download that or check in in our Instagram and Facebook page, New Hope Community HNL. Uh, that's our handle. And you could pray with us and believe God for a breakthrough and miracle. All right. We we'll love you. Take care. We'll see you next week.